Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Home Service. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturner. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz. You can be seated. Pastor Werner, I invite you to come and minister the word. In the wonderful, glorious name of Jesus. It's nice to be together here. Amen. Haven't you been longing for this day? I think most of us, I'm on air, aren't you? Aren't I? Yes? Okay, praise the Lord. And especially uh, those who are here for the first time. And did you know in Queensland people speak also German? Yes. And the niece or nichte from John or of John, she is here. Welcome. Herzlich willkommen hier in Melbourne. And there is noch einer, der spricht auch Deutsch. And he speaks German too. That is my dear brother Daniel. Herzlich willkommen heute Morgen. I'm sorry, I'm not preaching German the whole sermon today, but I thought it would be nice for those feel a little bit home. Yes, it's nice to be. So can we push this a little bit further? I don't want to see me always here when I look forward in this thing. So I'm not important. Jesus is important. Amen. Hallelujah. So I don't know why it's here always pointing to me. Oh, is this important for... Oh, yeah. Okay, so I don't want to see me. I want to see Jesus. Yes, I want to see Jesus. And um, this morning I want to continue on my series, Christology for Hebrews. And that's very important. If we... Read in this chapter 7, and uh, so I have divided into sections. Then you realize that's actually the writer of uh, the Hebrews or to the Hebrews. He was obviously a very uh, studious person, an apostle who knew Jewish and uh, Hebrew theology thoroughly. And so he makes here a very important um, point that Jesus Christ is that actually. He is that high priest. God has had visit, a visit in the first time when priesthood came about. And he refers to someone in the very Old Testament. Now the Bible speaks about three priesthoods and the first priesthood who knows who was the priest of that priesthood who was it Melchizedek yes and he was there in the Old Testament and the answers are always as we hear in Genesis in Genesis. And here's the first priest 
and we see Jesus Christ is here portrayed also that he is going to be, or he is a priest like the priest who was then in the Old Testament in Genesis. And um, I want to speak about these things and let's turn to Hebrews chapter 7 and I divided it into three sections and uh, I'm going to read the first sections that Hebrews 7, 1 to 10. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God. Now the Most High God is being called in uh, Israel El Elyon, the Most High God. There is no other one. And he was a priest of this God. That's the God we worship. Amen? That's the God we worship. He is the father of Jesus Christ. That's so wonderful. Now let's further go on. To whom also Abraham appointed a tenth part of all the spoils was first of all by the translation of his name, King of Righteousness, King, and then also King of Salem, which is King of Peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a priest perpetually. Now observe how great this man was to whom Abraham, the, Arche, the patriarch, gave the tenth of the choicest spoils. And those indeed of the, same, of the sons of Levi who received the priest's office have commandments in the law to collect the tenths or a tenth from the people that is from their brethren, although they are descendants from Abraham. But the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth for Abraham or from Abraham and blessed be one who has the promises. But without any dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In this case, mortal men receive tithes, but in that case, one receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives on. And so to speak through Abraham, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes. For he was still in the loins of his father who paid tithes to Melchizedek. So far, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, and I thank you for your word. Lord, we stay, we are in awe before you and see, Lord, your word, what you did. And we see that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
And through Jesus Christ, we have received a priesthood, Lord, that is far, far greater than all the priesthoods that were in Israel even back into Genesis. And I thank you this morning for your word. I pray, Lord, let us understand who you are, that we might get a clearer picture of Jesus Christ, our high priest. Blessed be the glorious name of Jesus. I pray, give grace to, pe- to preach your word, give grace to listen to your word, and also give grace to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now in the chapter 6, it was so-called a parenthesis pushed in between the the chapters uh, 5 and 7. It went about almost only about maturity because the Hebrews or these Hebrews, the letter was uh, tended to, didn't understand Jesus in every way. And they somehow lacked in growth, and so important that we grow in Jesus Christ and also in the understanding of the word of God. Hallelujah. Now we see that priesthood that was in the Old Testament was not perfect. It was at fault in many cases. But there was a priest who came up and met Abraham. We know Abraham, he was involved in a battle. There were ten kings and Abraham fought because he was battling to get his nephew out of the whole thing. His nephew Lot, he was there in Sodom And he saw, this is a nice area. I could have well prosperity there. And he went there. And then he fell into captivity to one of these kings. Now, Abram knew that his nephew Lot needed him, that somebody would come and rescue him. And that was Abraham did. He rescued his nephew. And that's important. Now we see here that there appeared a priest and his name was Melchizedek or Melchizedek, we would say in German and almost the same also in Hebrew, Melchizedek. And that is here, he came. And very interesting, this Melchizedek, if I use this word, is a picture of Jesus Christ. That's why we read always, Jesus, a priest according to the order of Levite, Aaron, nine, Melchizedek. Melchizedek. And that's important to understand. Now, Jesus didn't continue the priesthood of Aaron or the Levitical priesthood. Now, He came and brought a priesthood. Actually, David prophesied long ago of this priest who would come. And God made an oath. And that meant very clearly that it is something God made sure 
And Jesus is the high priest made by an oath God made. Hallelujah. Now, in the late Judaism, some teachers in Judaism thought that this Melchizedek or Melchizedek is actually the archangel Michael. Or others said, and one said there was Philo, a Hebrew philosopher, he said, he could be, he is the Logos. And now we know who the Logos is. The Logos is Jesus Christ. And the Word became flesh and lived amongst us. And we saw his glory, a glory full of grace from the Father and full of truth. And we see here very clearly that this Melchizedek, he was someone who received from Abraham a tenth. Now, my intention is this morning not to speak about giving the tithes. Somebody else could do it later on or had been done perhaps in the past. We see something when Abraham returned from the battle. There was one king coming. There was Melchizedek. And he came, and we read it there in Genesis chapter 14, the verses 18 to 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was priest of God, the Most High, El Elyon. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. Very interesting is this here. He came with two emblems. And which were the emblems he came and met Abraham? It was bread and wine. And interesting, when Jesus spoke about the new covenant, what emblems did he have? Bread and wine. And he gave us the, the meaning, what it means. The bread is his body is given, and the wine is a picture of his blood he shed for our sins. Hallelujah. Now he was a king of Salem, also called. And there was an old stone table uh, way back from Tel El Amarna. Now that's something I read about this. And there was a stone almost like a, a direction stone. And there was something uh, chiseled, chiseled on it. And that was called Urusalem. Urusalem, actually. And that was pointed to a place. And what place could it be? Jerusalem. And did you know Jerusalem is the, the city of the great king? Hallelujah. Now the great king 
who is the king in Jerusalem and is going to rule from Jerusalem is who? Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we see far back there were many, many indications of Jesus Christ that he is going to come or the Logos is going to come and he will rule in Jerusalem. And this time could be very, very soon. And the coming of the Lord is soon and the rapture even sooner. And are you ready for this? And that's important. Jesus is going to come as he said. I'm going to my Father and your God, to my God and your God, but I will come back and I will take you where I am. Where is Jesus now? Pardon? He is in heaven. Hallelujah. And I will take you to me that you will be there where I am. It's very, very soon. Jesus is coming soon. First to rapture the bride and then he will come back again to judge the nations. And that's very interesting what the Bible says. And we all know actually this very clear. Now here was this um, king of Salem. Now and interesting Jesus in John chapter 8. He made a, a little note and he said, Before Abraham was, I am. And the Jew said, it's impossible. You are not, you are hardly 50 years old. And you have met Abraham? Jesus said, yes. In other words, and let's read there in John 8 verse 56. Father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Jews therefore said to him, You are not even 50 years old and have seen Abraham. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I said to you, before Abraham was born. And what does Jesus say there? I am. He doesn't say I was. But I am. And this I am is the ego I me. That is Jesus Christ. And it points to God and the Father. And it points that Jesus is eternal. The eternal Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And that makes him so important as the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And we know that the priesthood in Israel was sometimes a dilemma. Now, and we read of him, of uh, Melchizedek. He was without genealogy. In verse 3, we can read it clearly. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the, made like the Son of God. So we see here Melchizedek was made like the 
Son of God. And who is the Son of God? Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. If I would be in America, preaching there, that's what the Americans do, and say, give me a J. And then, give me an S. Give me a U. Give me an S. And then the whole congregation would put it together, and it would be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's so important, and we understand that actually Melchizedek, he was made like the Son of God. That's why he had no beginning, and he had no end of days. He appeared all of a sudden there, and Abraham saw him, and he knew he is a priest of the Most High God, El Elyon. There's no one higher Hallelujah. And he served him, and Abram gave the tenth of his spoil when he fought against the, the kings from Sodom and so on. Very interesting, we see here, his name translates king of what? Of righteousness. As soon as you come together with Jesus and he of him, you hear something of what? Righteousness. A church that has got no righteousness is not the church of God. Might be anything but. And we see these things are so important in the kingdom of God. It's so important in relationship to God. He was called king of righteousness, Hallelujah. And that's very, very important. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified or made righteous, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Two things go together. If these two things don't do, do, go together in your life, then it's questionable whether you are a child of God or not. What is it? Righteousness and peace. And peace. We have peace with God. Formerly, we were alienated from God. We were enemies of God. But now we have peace with God. And you know what peace actually means? It's not just having a quite a nice time. Some people, when they come to prayer, they say, let's become silent. But I always see, when it comes to prayer, let's get loud and praise the Lord. Amen? God lives in the praise of his people. So, I went sometimes to prayer meetings that here in this church and I was so quiet. And the pastor said before he uh, opened the prayer, the so-called prayer, make yourself nice, comfortable. And if people make themselves nice and comfortable in prayer, Pastor Gary, what is the next act? What? What is that, glory? Snoring, Snoring yes. <laughs> Snoring. 
But snoring is not praying. No, it's good when you come to prayer meeting that you open your mouth. And the Bible says, open your mouth and the Lord will fill your mouth with praises unto his name. Hallelujah. That's so important. And uh, we see here very clearly two things go together. Righteousness and peace. The kingdom of God in Hebrew, in the Romans 14, 7. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Actually, in a Pentecostal church, if you speak about joy in the Holy Spirit, you should get an echo, and its echo would be what? Hallelujah! Amen? When it speaks about joy and peace in the Holy Spirit, joy in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God gives us joy, and that's important. And this is a message also from Christmas. Joy to all who live on the earth. Abram's tiding was still being, while he was still being Abram. He was not Abraham then. He was still Abram. And you understand it and you can remember that in chapter 17 in Genesis, Abram got a new name. Yes? What was his name before Abram? And his new name was Abraham. Abraham. And there's this H in there. And in Hebrew you pronounce it also. And Abraham. And can you speak the H, the letter H, by inhaling or out Exhaling. Exhaling. What, what do you do? You exhale. And that's so important. We see this H came into his life. And I believe at that time in chapter 17 in Genesis that Abram became a new life. He might have in New Testament terms said, born again there and then. Life came into him and his hate is now giving him a new name. Now we see here this Melchizedek. He was without genealogy. And we know that genealogy was in priesthood in Israel very, very important. You had to prove that you are out of the line of Levi. Otherwise, he never could become a priest. And interesting, this Melchizedek, he had no genealogy. He had no father. He had no mother. If you read it in the Greek, then it says there clearly, a father, a father. That means the, the letter R in front 
of something else means none. What does it mean an atheist? A theist is somebody who believes in God. An atheist, the A in front of it, means not. Not. And we read here, and that's the only place in the New Testament where the Bible speaks in the Greek language, a father. That means no father, a mother, or a martyr in Greek, actually. That means no mother. Where did he come then? Now, what's the genealogy of Jesus? We have it in Luke, and we have it also in Matthew. But he has no father and no mother. Of course, no earthly father in that regard. I have to be careful to say also no earthly mother. Then I get get problem with the Catholics. But actually, Jesus was not of natural coming. He was the son of God. And in this regard, that's why he has no genealogy. According to the flesh, we can, of course, trace it. But not according to his being. He came from the Father. And very interesting, and we read it also in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And if you read it, Micah 5, verse 2, the last part. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of what? Of eternity. From the days of eternity. No father in this regard, no genealogy in this way, but he is the son of God. And that was also being mentioned here of Melchizedek, that he was without genealogy, without father, without mother. He was there. And it could be it was perhaps a very interesting appearing of Jesus Christ in that time, perhaps. Now we see here, there was another king also came to Abraham and was the king of Sodom. Now this king was a type of what? Now, king of of righteousness, king of peace, that was the king of Melchizedek. But another king came and greeted Abraham. And remember, there are always two things together. The one comes first and the next one follows. Now what did Melchizedek do? He blessed Abraham. And after a blessing, what often would come? What? Temptation. You haven't experienced it. You're not living here on this earth, are you? I have experienced it. After you had a victory, then there comes temptation. 
And there was a second king who came. What did he do? And he had a good idea. It was the king of Sodom. Now, Sodom is a place of sinfulness. And the king of Sodom is a picture for the devil. Whenever you received blessings from the Lord on the next page of your day, you will meet Satan. He is coming to you. Now, this king of Sodom, he had a suggestion. And you might have heard it and experienced yourself. And he said there in Genesis 14, verse 20, 21, And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give the people to me. Give the people for me. And take the goods for yourself. Do you understand something? What Satan is after, not money. He's after the people. Interesting, so-called money preachers. What do they get? The money. But are they really bringing the souls to heaven is a question. And I read the book from Reinhard Bonke, this German missionary and evangelist. His first book he wrote about when he started his ministry in South Africa. And he was invited by a very, very rich lady. Some pastors think if they're invited by rich people, they are something or they're getting something. No, 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 no. But if the Spirit of God is in you, he shows you very clearly. And he reports. He was invited by a very, very rich lady. And of course, he shed or spread the gospel and shared the gospel with her. And she offered him money. First, she showed him all these, these uh, lands she had and all the riches. I don't know how much. And all he could say, well, yes, that's nice, wonderful. Uh, could you perhaps give an offering for the, for the mission work? She intended to do so. But what did Reinhard Bonke do? He had a vision through the Spirit of God right in there in Af South Africa. He saw a riverbed totally dried up as it could be in Africa when the summer heat is there. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, Lord, I'm not depending on money. I want to bring souls into the kingdom of God who know who this was. That was the king of Sodom. Give me the people and you keep the money. Money preachers have a wrong system. It's not the money. It goes about souls. Hallelujah. Now, if you get millions and millions of dollars 
on your bank account, supposing you are being a preacher or an evangelist. Forget about this money, even in the hands of a pastor or a preacher or evangelist, will not turn into souls. Souls are people being born again by the Spirit of God. That's what we should aim for. Now, it speaks here, there was a change of priesthood. If you can read the verses 11 to 19. Now, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place a change of law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated the altar. I want to explain it a little bit. If Jesus would have been from the tribe of Levi, he could, could have continued the Aaronitic priesthood, but he was from mother tribe. Which tribe was Jesus then from? He was from the tribe of Judah, and Judah was not a priesthood tribe. They didn't get any uh, tasks in that in the temple. But it says here, for it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe with reverence to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. And this is clearer still, if another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such, not on the basis of the law or physical requirements, but according to the power of an instructor, indestructible life. For it is attested of him, that is of Jesus. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, there's a setting aside of, of another, or on the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. One priesthood would have been put to side, but, but another priesthood came up, and that's the priesthood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, there was need for another priesthood. The Levitical priesthood was imperfect. It only went as long as a good priest was working in Israel. Israel had good priests and also rotten priests 
who remembers what happened in the time of Eli. The sons of Eli, they were just successor of the priesthood because their father was there. And what happened to him? Now we know the Catholic priesthood has a blemish on it. In similar way, there was a blemish on the sons of Eli. And that's why this priesthood had no future. But there was another priest, and that priest was sworn by God that he should be priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Now we see here, this new priesthood was there, and Jesus Christ. Now the greatness of the new priesthood, we read in the verses 20 to 28. Because of an oath, God made an oath. You know what an oath is before God? For us as people, it is very important that we do not make so hastily an oath. But when God makes an oath, it stands for, for ever. Forever. It will never change. Many oaths before the altar when people got married broke apart perhaps two or three years later on. What sort of oath was it? Nothing had no meaning, but not with God. When God made an oath, it stands forever, ever, ever and ever. Hallelujah. And he made an oath according to the Son of God. And we can read it there in Psalm 110, verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. Thou art a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. That's, a, that's something God made. He made an oath for Jesus Christ, the Son, who was going to come, and he will be forever. And this oath of God will not be broken. Heaven and earth might pass away. You mightn't see one day the earth anymore. But God's word always stands forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you be happy about it? That's what it is. The priesthood of Jesus will never ever fall. It stands for now. That's why he can save those who come to him. And that's why it is a greater priesthood than all the priesthoods before. Now we see here that the priest, Aaronitic priesthood was actually going to an end. Jesus' priesthood goes forever. That's why if anyone comes to the Lord, 
So this priest, he will be there for you. He can give you eternal life. Hallelujah. Now, how blessed is it? Now, of this priest was said, and I want to read this verse 26. For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Now here something that shows Jesus Christ the real peace, a priest. Now what is it again? He is a priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Now Jesus was different than to all those priests that were there before. At the time when Jesus stood before the priest and the priest tore his robe because he saw that Jesus was without sin and that Jesus was without any fail. Shouldn't we learn something of this high priest? I spoke to someone years and years ago, and this per person said, well, if Jesus would, in our, would live in our days, I could imagine that Jesus also would sit together with his friends and have a nice glass of beer. Really? Really? Would you? If I read this here, I can't even imagine. Imagine these things would be sinful to me. He was separated from the sinners. He was innocent. Not like an innocent child in his, in his childhood. No innocent, no sins was on him. He was separated from sinners. Undefiled. Separated from sinners. Could you imagine Jesus going to the MGC? What does it stand for? MGC. Melbourne Cricket Ground, yeah? Could it be? Could you imagine Jesus sitting there and perhaps saying, oh, and crying for the footy club, the demons? Would he? Or St. Kilda? I have no idea about these things. But I heard about there is a club they call themselves demons. Could you imagine Jesus sitting there what are you doing there if Jesus never would have gone there? What are you doing there? You also being called to a high priesthood through Jesus Christ. And that's so important. Brothers and sisters, we learn something from this high priest. 
eternally according to the order of Melchizedek. He is the high priest. And that's so wonderful. If Jesus comes in our lives, and I remember when I was a pastor in Germany, a young pastor, a young lady gave her life to the Lord. Listen to this. And she was so full of joy. But her husband was actually, what do you call him again, the chairman of a soccer club. You know what soccer is. Soccer is the German version of football, of footy. Now, and she said, now listen, uh, once a month or something like that, they have their functions. And uh, should I go with him to these functions? Now, truly, when, of course, when Germans have functions, there's always beer and stuff like that and dancing, and all that stuff. Can I go with my husband there? I said, no. I give you something, and it's this. Be a good wife to him. Cook him a good meal. And every mother says, amen. Cook him a good meal. Be faithful in everything to him. Be a good mother to your children. And so on. And she did. Years after, when I did my first travel back to Germany, I visited that church that I was pastoring then as well. Guess what? Guess what? This, her husband, became an elder in the church. He gave his life to the Lord without me, but he came to the Lord and was changed and was an elder in the church. Hallelujah! If I would have said to her, no, go, go with him, but don't drink too much. Now she learned something. Abstaining from sinners, not joining in with sinners, if you are a Christian and a believer, you don't go to these places as our high priest was innocent and he was not amongst the sinners. He didn't celebrate anything with it. My Jesus, I love you. I know thou art mine. Now this sister, she was happy. She didn't go the halfway, you know. As I heard one preaching, one of them money preachers, ah, oh, well, uh, make it, make it uh, comfortable with your husband. Go with him, join in. Then you might perhaps win him over for Jesus. You will never win him. He expects the next time to go with you as well. But once you said, no, I'm a child of God, then God starts working at the husband's. Hallelujah. 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 Therefore, he is a priest. What does it say at the last verse here? For the Lord appoints men as high priests 
who are weak, but the word of an oath which came after the law appoints a son made perfect what? Forever. Is Jesus perfect forever? Amen, amen, amen. He was holy. And he was very clearly, as we read it here, he was holy, he was undefiled, and he was separated from sinners. You don't have to become a buddy to unbelievers and go with unbelievers where they go. You must become a follower of Jesus and bring your friends if they don't know the Lord to the Lord. Hallelujah. That's our high priest. And this high priesthood is still working. Hallelujah. Whoever comes to Jesus can be saved and will be saved. Amen? Hallelujah. So we see that's why this priesthood according to the order of Melchizedek in Hebrew is a priesthood that is forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless your wonderful name, Lord. And you are so good to us. I thank you, Jesus. You are my high priest. Hallelujah. And you were tempted in everything I can be tempted. Lord, but without sin, you stayed innocent in every way. Hallelujah. This is the high priest. God intended in priesthood for everyone. Hallelujah. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you and strengthen you. Remember, he is the high priest. Hallelujah. He is not one day this way, the other day this way. He is the same forever because he lives forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand and let's conclude this service. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the real high priest that never had to be changed and never will be changed. And we thank you for that. Bless my brothers and sisters wherever they go and went. Lord, I pray that you may bless them be on their side in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Praise the Lord.